The Kilt and the Cloth by Reverend Joshua Bell. This is another one of my interviews with congregation members talking to them about what does worship mean to them. I hope you enjoy and God bless. This is Joshua Bell with The Kilt and the Cloth. I'm here interviewing Sue Klingeman about uh, the in the series of what does it mean to be in worship. And uh, Sue, I'm so happy to have you here. It's, it's nice to have you. Thank you. Um, so, as you know, in our conversation, one of the things that I'm very fascinated about with church members is uh, how did they come to their faith? Like, was it from Sunday school? Was it from vacation Bible school? How did, how did you come to know Jesus? Well, I always went to church, and I went to church at Potter, which is southwest of Perry, Oklahoma, uh, probably 20 miles. It's out in the country. Uh we did, it was non-denominational, but we were affiliated with the American Sunday School Union. Oh, wow. And the pastor that came twice a month, um, when he, the days that he came, then he, different families would take him home, take him and his wife home to lunch, you know, after church. Right, right. Because that's, there wasn't, there wasn't, we're out in the country and there are no restaurants or anything out there. Um, but we had Sunday school every Sunday and, uh, and we had some good Sunday school teachers, but my mother played the piano. So I was in church every Sunday. It didn't matter. I was there, you know, Mm -hmm. and of course, music was a big part of my, of my life. And, uh, and I was the singer in the family and uh, my grandpa, her dad was also a singer. Actually, we, uh, he and I sang at his funeral. We had recorded it when he was about 95, oh, wow. and he died at 98. <coughs> and so we had recorded the music. So we had recorded music at his funeral, but it was he and I singing. Him and I were singing. So anyway, that was real special. Um, we didn't have a baptistry at Potter, and... Uh, so, therefore, we never went through baptism then. But when, and, and we went to church camp, and this, every summer we'd go to Lake Carr Blackwell to Camp Redlands for uh, uh, camp. And um, then when I was going to be a junior in high school, my folks moved and uh, we started attending the First Christian Church in Marshall. Oh, okay. And uh, we, Mother and Daddy and I, were baptized the same day by Wesley Schultz, by Reverend Wesley Schultz. And uh, anyway, which I always thought was pretty special. You know, I don't know why we didn't go to a pond and get baptized, but we just didn't. We never did. We never did do that there. Interesting. I mean, uh, since we're... but we never did communion either at Potter. No. And so then, when we go to the Christian church, you know, you have it every week, and uh, that was, <clears throat> you know, it was fine. I mean, it, it didn't matter to me, you know. Um, and then Dean and I got married in that church, and we counseled with Wesley, and uh, so, and then we were married 44 and a half years when he passed, so uh, That's it took. It yeah, took. it took. Yeah, yeah, it did good. Yeah. I, I, uh, 
I'm curious. Um, so then what brought you to First Christian Church in Perry? Well, the connection to the First Christian Church in Marshall. And when Dean and I got married, Dean always attended the, it was called the EUB Church then, but it's now Methodist Church. And, um, and we had a choice. And so, and I think I was stronger in my faith. So that's what brought us here. And we came here in, and joined. Actually, we went to church here for about a year before we joined. And it was right after we got married in 64, July of 64. And uh, Joe Samuels, Gary Kirtley would come and call on us. Wow. And, uh, and Gary is a cousin of mine. So, you know, it just, it's just how it worked out. And Joe was always good. When Dean and I lived north of Orlando, Joe would stop by on his way back from Oklahoma City. And uh, one time I had fudge, so he thought I always had fudge, <laughs> you know. And yeah, um, awesome. uh, anyway, then in April of 65, we joined this church. I think it was might have been Easter yeah. that, that we joined. And then Dean was baptized here. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Like he hadn't been baptized in the EUB church. Well, no. They and didn't, they didn't he, do that. Well, yeah, they sprinkled. Yeah. They sprinkled. Right. But like by immersion. But by immersion, he, yeah. They didn't yeah, do that. yeah. So he was baptized here. That's, that's awesome. Um, so because I'm really interested in this, so, so when this means different things for every person, when you said that baptism was really special to you, what what does that mean? What what did baptism mean to you? Well, I feel like that it's a, a cleansing, and it's a cleansing, and it's a cleansing of our sins. And even though we still sin every day, I know, I know, I do. You know, we um, uh, it's there's just a sense of a sense of peace and a sense of serenity of knowing that there's someone or something bigger than us. Yeah, I love that. I really love how you said that. And and uh I mean you kind of you already kind of told me how how it happened uh when you were when you were young. Um and I and I've always wondered why it was such a big deal for the Christian church to have a baptistry versus being able to do it in the pond in the river. In, in the early part of the denomination, it it wasn't anything to go get baptized in a pond or a river they just used what was available um so it's it's interesting about the time that you would have been a, a kid that churches really really emphasized having a special place in the sanctuary in order to do that so i uh, i'm not shocked but i'm i am a little you know because uh even in marshall i mean it couldn't have been a huge building that baptistry probably took up most of the chancel area i'm guessing oh no it was it, it no, I don't remember. No, I don't think so. You but, don't think so. But that was the old church, and then after, after we were married, oh, quite a few years, and they built a metal building and and added it on to the Sunday school area, and and uh, and it's still standing today. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, and you know, I don't know. It was just one of those old two-story, you know, had a basement and. and and you go up a whole bunch of stairs, right. which isn't good, you know, not good was for us old the, people, anyway. <laughs> was the basement the fellowship hall? 
Like, did you have your meals Yes, there? it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. That's where my re <clears throat> the reception was. And, and there's a kitchen downstairs. Right, right. Yeah, it that's so sure cool. It sure was. We, we, uh, you would not believe how many churches in Oklahoma were built that exact oh, yeah. same way. It oh, was amazing. Yeah. I worked here at this church when, uh, well, from 72 to 75, I was secretary, and I saw the plans for this church, but I saw the other possible plans that they might have used, and one of them was going to be just like the Baptist church, mm -hmm. and have steps up the front, you know, mm -hmm. and thank goodness they had the foresight to do it this way. Yeah. Rather, rather than the steps up the front, you know, so and have heart. it all on one level. Yeah, we do. I mean, that is so such a blessing. It is for so many. It really is. Um, so as we're talking about this, like one of those things about the sanctuary that I love is just the placement of where the communion table is now. Not that I didn't like where it was before, but it it, it eliminates the ability to have to walk up and down steps. That's right. Um, and sure. so for us, communion, it be, has to be really accessible. It has to be physically accessible as well as spiritually accessible. So uh, because you've been growing up in the Christian church, what does communion mean to you? I mean, what what is what is its purpose for you? I think it's a time of reflection. I think it's a time to um, uh, just let it all out and give it to God and... and uh, um, I don't know. No, I think that was a beautiful statement. I, um, like, do you remember the very first time you took communion? Because sometimes it that's a big deal. It was probably at the Christian church in, in Marshall. Do you remember you having to be baptized before you took I it? I think so. Yeah. I think so. The uh, first, the day we were baptized, then we received sure. communion. Yeah, that was, and, that, and we did a really good job of it back then. Um, there was... The, I was talking about this with some other folks in the interviews that one thing that we struggle with is this idea of rites of passage. You know, uh, if you go to the Methodists or the Lutherans, they have confirmation classes. Right. <clears throat> when you and I were growing up, it was probably pastor's class, and we sat there. And it probably was, but see where, but I didn't have any of that. Exactly. See. Yeah. So that's that. uh, that's another thing that's fascinating to me about how people come to communion. In the Christian church, we've come from it from so many different angles. Um, I've, I'm really fascinated by the American Sunday School Union. Uh, I don't even know if it still exists. It doesn't. Uh, it was an extremely important part of our history in the United States. Um, it, it came from a missionary organization that had some ties uh, to the Baptist movement. I felt like it was Baptist, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, right. and... Uh, but the interesting thing for me is this in Oklahoma, it's you, you, you even said it. We couldn't afford to pay a full-time preacher. None of us did. Uh, no, no church did, really, at that time. And so uh, you had these churches that were established for educational purposes, and then they had ministers that would come and preach, and then they'd go back to the real, I like to say, real life, because mm -hmm. they were always bivocational. And I loved how you talked about how they, you take took them out well, they brought them to your house, and you right. fed them like as if right. they were part of the family. Right. My, we when took I was, turns. they took turns yeah. exactly. Yeah. When I was growing up, that was still a part of my childhood as a preacher's kid, and I can remember it was it was literally just overnight. All of a sudden, people stopped doing that. I know. 
And it's not, I'm not complaining. It's just no, it, society it, just did it's that. It's kind of sad in a way. It is. It's a little weird. Because um, I think it gives the pastor a chance to really see, you know, this is this is how it is. Yeah. Yeah. In, well, the, and, in this family. In this family. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then we have this opportunity to get to know you and you get to get to know us mm-hmm. on a personal level. And um, so out, out of, because again, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. How was communion introduced to you? Did they just say, here you go, or? No, but when we first attended, you know, everyone else took it. And I guess I did whatever mother and daddy did. They didn't take it. So I didn't take it. And oh, then, interesting. And then, but, but when we were baptized, then we were able to. Interesting how that worked. And I can't remember when Dean went to church with us if he got to take it or not. I don't remember that. I remember that. That's okay. Some sometimes uh, I've found that some people have extremely strong memories of not being able to take it, and then that moment of when they did, it was just this glorious event. Uh, yeah. But in reality, I think most of us, if we're really being honest, it was all of a sudden we're able to take it. Mm-hmm. But see, when okay, when my kids, they couldn't take it until they were baptized. Now, whose choice was in that? This the church. The church told yeah. them that. And, and actually, they were wanting my boys, and my boys were, uh, well, Robert's three years older than Scott, were wanting them to be junior deacons. But they just, the church decided that they couldn't be junior deacons unless they were baptized. Interesting. So, Robbie baptized them on a Sunday afternoon. And we, we had that, and then, then they were able to serve as junior deacons. How funny. Isn't that weird that the baptism became the separating factor? It is. It is. And, I, you know, you talked to Robert and Scott today, and they have very fond memories of growing up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, from us looking at it from the other side, like, that's a little weird. Yeah, yeah, and I was a little put off by it. I can imagine. Know? I can imagine. Uh, because they grew up here. Yeah, and they were good kids. Sure, you know? sure. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate the honesty on that because I think a lot of times we tend to forget that that was baptism for the Christian church is supposed to be inclusive, but it also became the exclusive thing. Like, if you were not baptized, well, you couldn't do anything in the church. Like, you couldn't Mm-hmm. take communion and stuff and Robert and Scott and I are kind of some mm-hmm. somewhere close to the same age and mm-hmm. and we all kind of grew up with those in different ways but yeah they're old <laughs> yeah, my, well, kid, my kids are over 50 yeah they they have me beat by like six or seven years so I, I'm okay with that I keep rubbing that in with them every time I can um, so you you said you went to camp and did, did you have any mem- memorable experiences at camp like well I'm, sure I I'm had specific- my first date First I was date. probably 10 years old, Billy Ray Gibson. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I remember it. Oh. <laughs> That's we, awesome. I think we held hands. Oh, no, oh, at church camp. Yes. Nice. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. that funny. No, I remember the final evening, it seems like, uh, then there was a big push for uh, the altar call. You right. Know, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and probably, I probably did that. Because you get really emotional and really mm-hmm. into it, and mm-hmm. you know, and so, and I, I'm pretty sure that I did that. I, I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. I, I'm 
also really uh, interested in like were there any campfire worship experiences oh, that yeah. really stick out in your mind? Uh, hmm. I love the I love sitting around the campfire, probably singing. Oh, good. That's probably because that's my thing, you know, is singing, and mm-hmm. so. So I probably enjoyed that as much as anything, you know. I've always felt a really strong connection to God while singing. I know. If I allow it to happen. I know. I know. You and know you, I mean? you're right. You've got to allow it. Yeah. You, yeah. Um, got to open your heart and your mind to that's who, that's who started all this was God, you know. That's right. So, that's right. Yeah. So if, if I was to ask you, like, what is your favorite part of worship today? Like... Is it the prayer time? Is it the communion time? Is it the sermon? Is it the hymns? Is it, you know, there's several options to choose from. Well, I, okay, I think communion probably, but music. Yeah. You know, I love, I love the music and, and, and I love hearing Nancy play and, you know. Yeah, I, I I can relate. There's a connection there that takes place. And, and, and I realize some people don't, don't really it's just music playing to them mm-hmm. but you know but i listen to what she plays and a lot of it i know so i'm singing it too you know when mm-hmm. she's playing it and uh and of course i like the special music you know i do that's awesome i mean i i agree with you i'm i'm in the same boat you and i are very similar but that definitely we have in connection that music thing. music is yeah. is where mm-hmm. i feel it the most mm-hmm. so i have to ask then what's your favorite hymn do you have one? I, you know, and I guess it's because the alto in it is so pretty. Oh, that will be glory for me. Oh, my goodness, yes. The alto in that is so much fun to sing. And Floresdale Coker is the one that turned me on to that one. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love how you, how you worded that. So for musicians, we have seasons just like everybody, like everybody else, mm-hmm. I mean, we we kind of follow the liturgical calendar. Mm-hmm. But is there a season in particular that is your favorite season of the you year? You know, probably it's probably Christmas, just because it's a time of renewal and a time of contemplation, um, and time for family. Yeah. Plus, we get all the good Christmas carols. Yeah. Oh, and love the Christmas carols. Yeah. 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 My family, I mean, you know, we're singers, and and we will sit around for an hour and and sing every every Christmas song we can come up with, you know. I probably even have a list, you know. You you probably do. (laughs) And even my grandkids know them. Yeah. Well, and I think that's beautiful how you said that. Like with Christmas, it's that time for family. And, you know, I, I've always loved hanging out with your family on those moments because you all really do just enjoy being together, mm-hmm. you know, we I, do. and, we and I, do. and it's just, it was so unnerving to me the very first time because you, you all not only do enjoy being together, but you also love singing together. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just love watching that. It's it's so fun to be a part of mm-hmm. in that moment. It's oh, you haven't done karaoke yet. No, you, you no. you'll get me to do it someday. Oh, okay. I, I okay. haven't got there yet, but <laughs> I get nervous, and it's it's a whole different way of thinking, turning my brain. Oh, but the thing is, you don't think you just, if you know the song, 
Hey, you just See, I'm never good at that. I, I I mean if you had Mozart or uh if I had Handel, the music yeah, all you, written out here in front of you. Yeah, if you, you had that, it. I could fake it, but I I'm not really good at uh at secular music. I don't know why. It just We um as when the kids were growing up, yeah. If they get to fussing in the back seat, Dean would turn off the radio and he said, "Okay, start singing." So the kids That's and I awesome. would sing. <laughs> And that entertained them, and so therefore they're all singers, you know. That is yeah. awesome. What yeah. a and Charlotte was thing. good at harmony, and uh, now now you would think Scott being the big guy, he would be the bass, but now he could hit the higher notes, and Robert could hit the lower notes. Oh, that's so, awesome! Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Well, I I'm because this is part of my research. I'm I'm curious as to the phrase outreach. What does outreach mean to you? Well, you know, I I thought about that, and uh, and to me, outreach is is reaching out to those in need, and whether it be the food pantry, or communication with shut-ins, or the unchurched. That's you know, it's it's just part of our our job as a church, and as a person, to do that. I love that. I love that definition. So then, because we we have a lot of churchy words, like outreach to me would be exactly what you said, but then there's this churchy word of evangelism. Right. And And I tried, and I thought about that, and I wondered how, okay, so so what is the difference? But I think evangelism is realizing that there's a lot of unchurched people. And, And what do we do? to get the word of God out to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Is it just hand them a Bible and say, here, read this? Mm-hmm. You know, or is it the way we act? Mm. And the way, um, um, let's see. The act, Anyway, it's the actions of the members. And <clears throat> we should show that every day. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... Anyway, reach out. I I love that. I I also agree. Evangelism is one of those things that it's not just um, saying here's a Bible, but it's also being an image of Christ to the world. That's it. Yeah, that's I, it. I love that. Yeah. Um. So what? Because we're kind of coming to the end of our conversation here. I always ask because we're Christian Church Disciples of Christ. One of our phrases is "No book but the Bible." Do you have a favorite scripture? You know, I do. And this comes from when I went to Bible school at Lucene. And it's a Methodist church. And um, we had to learn a Bible verse, you know, in Bible school. And the one I learned and the one I've relied on so long is Psalms 121. Wow. That's amazing. You hadn't thought of that one, had you? No. No. no I mean, I, I mean, we I learned mean, all I mean, I will lift mine eyes unto the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Yeah. That is awesome, Sue. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's and, amazing. And when I hear Bible verse, that's the first one that comes to mind. That's Not awesome. John 3.16. Psalms one twenty one. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm so glad that they taught you that as a kid. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, 
Uh, Sue, I want to say thank you so much for participating in this with me, and I, I really